How much money do you need to retire? It's one of those very difficult questions that most people flounder with when they look at their financial situation, but it's a hugely important question as so many of our financial lives are consumed with understanding what we need to do with our money to be okay for the rest of our lives. Today, I'm going to give you a very simple way of understanding how much you need to retire. This is another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole, and I'm here to teach you how to get the most out of life with your money. And now, on to the episode. So as you're listening right now, whether you are in your car driving to work, whether you're on a walk, whether you're cleaning the house, whatever you are doing right now, I want you to think about this question. How much do you need to retire? Do you have an immediate answer? Most people don't. And now it's a simple enough question. How much do you need to retire? We feel like there should be some number that gives us a sense that the finish line has been crossed, that we've arrived to that promised land called financial independence and can make the decision to retire if we want to. Now, we think that way, but there's so many variables that impact this. As simple as that question is, it has to take into factors like what are your expenses going to be? How are they going to change? What's inflation going to do? What's the stock market going to do? What about social security? What about the cost of insurance? What about taxes, long-term care needs, lifestyle goals, and so much more? So it seems like a very simple question on the front end. When you start to play it out and you start to unpack it, you start to realize there's all these different variables that could impact that. So as you're listening to this, you could go and you could work with your financial advisor and hopefully they're helping to come up with the answers right for you. But if your financial advisor doesn't help you come up with this number, or maybe you're your own financial advisor and you don't know where to start, well, that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to cover the basics today from a very simple standpoint. How do we focus on what's most important with this question to very clearly understand how do we know when we have enough money to retire? Now, before we start, if you really, really, truly want to get this number just perfect, or at least this assessment perfect, you're going to want to use some software to ensure that you're on track because there's so many of these variables and some of these can't be distilled down to a simple framework. But for today, what we can do is we can simplify this to the point that you can start to see what are those most important variables and am I generally on track or not? And to do it, you only need to know two things. Of all those variables I listed, there's two things that you need to really focus on to understand what the answer is to your question of how much money do I need to retire. Number one is retirement expenses. And number two is the amount of those expenses that need to be covered by your portfolio. So yes, there's a lot of variables that impact that, but these are the first two things I always look at. And I do this because all the other variables can almost be thought of as subcategories within these broad high-level expenses, which I'll circle back to at the end. So let's go through some examples. Let's have an understanding of how can you use these two numbers to understand how much money you need to retire. Well, one, as I mentioned, you have to understand what are your retirement expenses. So this seems simple enough, but let's look at an example. You know, if someone comes to me or if two people come to me and they both want to know exactly how much money they need to retire, doesn't it seem obvious or doesn't it go without saying that someone who wants to live on 4000 per month throughout retirement is going to need a different portfolio value than someone who wants to live on 20000 per month throughout retirement? So understanding what your expenses are, whether it's 4000 or 20000 or anywhere in between or anywhere on either side of those numbers, that's going to be one of the most important factors. Now, it's not always easy to know what those retirement expenses are going to be. Very few people have come to me and said, I know exactly how much I want to retire. I know exactly how that number is going to change after the first few years of retirement into the middle years of retirement into the final years of retirement. 
Almost nobody knows that. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get it precise because you could spend all day, every day trying to figure this out. It's not going to match exactly what retirement's going to look like, but you do have to start somewhere. You have to start with a number, even if it's not a perfect number, to get you moving in the right direction. And then you can modify and adapt and edit it from there. So I've talked before of some simple ways to estimate retirement expenses, and I've talked about the bottom-up approach, and I've talked about the top-down approach. The bottom-up approach is where you're going to get very granular. You're going to look at every single expense that you might have. This might be property taxes. This could be mortgage and rent. This could be utility bills. This could be gym membership, food costs, gas expenses. So all the things that you're going to spend money on The bottom-up approach is add every single one of those up until you have a total monthly amount or a total annual amount for how much you're going to spend over a given month or a given year. So you're literally looking at all of your expenses, so which requires you to identify all the expenses that you have. You're going to assign an amount to each of those expenses. And when you add it all up, what you're telling yourself is if I have enough income to match these expenses, then I'll be in a good position because I can continue funding these throughout retirement. Now, that approach is more detailed. It's probably going to give you a more specific answer that's unique to you, but it also takes a lot more time. So if you're listening to this and say, geez, I just don't want to have to go through that process, start with a top-down approach. The top-down approach is different, and it's a little bit more simple. The top-down approach says start with your take-home income today. So if you're driving to work right now and you said, I have no idea what all my expenses are, I couldn't even tell you what I spend money on, then I would say do this instead. Ask yourself, what is your take-home income? So after 401k contributions, after payroll taxes, after federal and state taxes, after any other deductions, how much are you actually taking home each month? Now, assuming that amount is enough to meet all of your needs, then let's start with that. Because what that's telling me is that level of income, whatever it is, that level of income after taxes and after deductions, which is an important factor here, that's sufficient for you to meet your needs. So you start there. Then the next thing is take that number and remove any expenses that won't be there in retirement. For example, maybe you have a mortgage payment today, but you won't in retirement. Well, you can back out your mortgage payment or at least the principal and interest portion of it. You'll still have property taxes. You'll still have homeowner's insurance, but you can back out what your mortgage balance was, or at least the principal and interest portion of it. For example, if your take-home income is $8,000 per month and you're paying $2,000 in principal and interest, Well, today, maybe you need $8,000 per month to live on, but once the bank's paid back, once your mortgage is gone, really, you only need $6,000 per month to maintain the same standard of living that you have today with $8,000 because one of those expenses will be gone. So do that with other things. Maybe you're also investing or saving some money. Well, when you retire, you don't really need to keep investing because the reason we invest is for future consumption, typically consumption and retirement. If we're in retirement, we don't need to be investing for retirement. So maybe you and a spouse were saving, it's called a thousand bucks a month to a brokerage account for retirement. If we go back to that example, 8,000 per month is what it costs to live today. But if I back out 2,000 for a mortgage and back out 1,000 for saving and investing that will stop once you retire, really that's 5,000 per month that you need to live on. So what you do is you start with a take-home income today and just very simply whittle out the things that are no longer going to be there when you're retired like mortgage, like investing, maybe like insurance policies, life insurance policies that maybe you don't need or the term expires. Maybe there's some college savings or college expenses that you have today. 
So back out what you have today that won't be there in retirement and then add any expenses that you'll add on in retirement. This could be extra travel, for example. The reason I say extra travel is if you're already spending some money on travel today, well, that's already factored in to your take-home income. So if you're spending $8,000 per month today and you're able to travel freely on that and you're going to continue traveling the same in retirement, well, that's already baked into your budget. It's only if you're going to add on retirement or if you're going to add on extra travel. So for example, if you said, I want to spend $12,000 more per year on travel than I am today. Okay, well, that's $1,000 per month. We would need to add on $1,000 to your retirement budget to incorporate that. Maybe you now need health insurance when you retire because you don't have Medicare yet and you're retiring from your workplace. Add that in. Maybe there's other hobbies that you want to pursue. Add those in. So the top-down approach tends to be a more simple method for most people. But whatever method you choose, this is the first step. This is the foundational step to determining how much money do you need in your portfolio to retire. You have to understand what your annual retirement expenses are going to be. So let's start there and let's assume that you've gone through this process and I like to use round, simple numbers. So let's see you go through this process and you say, okay, James, I figured out it takes me $100,000 per year to live on and that's what would support my retirement. What does that mean? Does that mean that if you think you might have 30 years in retirement, then you need to take 30 years times 100,000 per year to come up with how much you need to have saved? Well, that'd be a really large number. In this example, that would be $3 million for retirement really more if we factor in inflation of 100,000 is how much it costs today, but that's going to grow every single year as everything gets more and more expensive. That is not, thankfully, the approach you need to take though. You don't just add up your expenses and multiply it by the years in retirement because not all those expenses have to come from your portfolio. That's why step number two is you need to determine what portion of these expenses actually have to come from your portfolio. So because everyone has different non-portfolio income sources, there's not a standard answer for how much do you need in your portfolio to retire. So let's look at a couple situations to illustrate this. And let's assume that in both situations, they want to live on $100,000 per year in retirement. Now, typically we say, okay, two people or two situations and they both want $100,000 per year. Wouldn't they need the same portfolio value to support that? Not necessarily. Let's assume in our first example that we're looking at a married couple. They want to live on $100,000 per year, like we mentioned, and here's their income sources. So one of them has a pension of $16,000 per year. One has a social security benefit of $3,000 per month, which is $36,000 per year. And the other, the other spouse, has a spousal benefit of $1,500 per month, which is $18,000 per year. So combine between one spouse's $16,000 pension, one spouse's $36,000 per year social security benefit, and the other spouse's $18,000 per year social security benefit, when you add all that up, that's $70,000 per year of total income. So yes, they want to live on $100,000, but that's not all coming from their portfolio. $70,000 of it is coming from outside income sources that have nothing to do with the portfolio size. So they only need $30,000 from their combined portfolio. Now, if we take 30,000, we need to ask the question, how much portfolio do I need to create $30,000 per year of income? If we apply a 5% withdrawal rate, so assuming your portfolio is managed the right way and assuming you're applying your withdrawal strategy the right way, let's assume that you can take 5% per year out of your retirement portfolio. Well, I would take $30,000. I would divide it by 5%. And what that gives me is $600,000. 
So if I have $600,000 and I can take 5% per year, that tells me I can generate $30,000 per year of income adjusted for inflation. So in this example, this couple that wants to live on $100,000 per year, they would need about $600,000 in retirement assets to be able to support that. Well, now let's look at the other situation. The second, let's assume, is a single person. In this individual, let's assume they owned a business and didn't have high wages due to showing lower income each year, and they have a social security benefit of, call it, $1,000 per month, so $12,000 per year, and no other non-portfolio income sources. Well, this person will need $88,000 per year from their portfolio to get up to that $100,000 goal. Again, we're assuming that in both of these situations, the goal or the required expenses are $100,000 each. So if this individual needs $88,000 per year from their portfolio, and if we apply that same 5% withdrawal rate, what that means is they would need about $1.76 million in their portfolio to retire and also live on $100,000 per year. So take a big step back. In both these situations, they're retiring. In both situations, the goal is to live on $100,000 per year. But in one scenario, the single person needed three times the amount to retire, as did the married couple. Now, the fact that they're single versus married, that has nothing to do with this. I was just using this in the example to show only one social security benefit. But once you understand your expenses, that's why it's so important to next understand what amount of those expenses need to be covered by your portfolio, because that's going to be a driving factor in understanding how much do you need to retire. So if you start there, you will be very, very close to understanding your number. And again, starting there means number one, understanding what will your specific retirement expenses be. And then number two, understanding of those expenses, how much of them need to be created by your portfolio. Those two things will allow you to solve for your portfolio need, which is the answer to how much do you need to retire? And I say it will get you close, but I want to be very clear that this isn't going to give you the most precise answer. There are lots of other variables that will impact this, and I want to go over those in just a second here, but all of these variables, they fit under one of these two broad categories of these variables will either impact your expenses or they will impact the amount that your portfolio is responsible for covering those expenses. So let's go through those variables to make sure that we have not just a basic understanding of this, but also a peripheral understanding or a more detailed understanding so we can see how do these other variables come into play. So let's start with a big one. The biggest one is probably taxes. So you say, okay, I want to live on $7,000 per month. So you use that for your expenses. Well, that's after taxes. How much do you actually need before taxes is the more accurate way of looking at this. So if you ran through this exercise and you came up with your number, but you didn't factor taxes in, well, let's assume you're in a 15% tax bracket and let's use that 7,000 per month example again. 7,000 per month is how much you think you need, or it is how much you do need to meet your expenses, but you need that after you've paid state taxes or federal taxes. So if you're in a 15% effective tax bracket, you would need to take 7,000 and divide it by 0.85, divide it by 85%, which is the amount that you are actually living on after paying 15% in taxes. So what that means is you would really need $8,235 per month pre-tax to live on 7,000 per month after tax. One of the reasons before I said it's really important to actually have software sometimes do this for you is if you look at this, whether your income's coming from social security or an IRA or a brokerage account or a Roth IRA, 
all four of those things are taxed differently. So depending on where you're pulling money from, there's sometimes not a simple answer of, oh, that's going to cost you 15% in taxes, or, oh, that's going to cost you 20% in taxes. The answer is it depends. And when you're constructing your income from scratch in retirement based upon how you choose to pull funds from savings or investments or social security, you need to be mindful of how does each of those things impact one another and how does that create a total tax bill for you that you can factor into your projections. But, and like I said, this still fits under number one. When we go to number one or point number one that you need to do, which is determine your retirement expenses, this is a very important detail, understanding taxes, but it really falls under that category. Understanding your true retirement expenses would also factor in taxes. The second thing, the second variable that's going to impact this basic starting point is inflation. So inflation, this is going to impact the second variable we looked at, which is the amount of those expenses that need to be covered by your portfolio. Now, here's the thing that sometimes people get hung up on. When you're applying a withdrawal rate, say you're using the 4% rule or you're using the guardrails approach, the assumption is that whatever that dollar amount is that you're taking out of your portfolio, you are adjusting that for inflation. So if you use the 4% rule, for example, on a million-dollar portfolio, The assumption isn't that you take $40,000 every single year for the rest of your life. The assumption is you take $40,000 the first year, and then you adjust that for inflation. So the next year might be $41,200, for example, if you use a 3% inflation rate, and that continues going forward. So because of that, inflation is really already factored in when you're looking at what withdrawal rate can your portfolio support. Social security is also adjusted for inflation, so that's factored in. The tough part is if you have a pension that does not have a cost of living adjustment, that's where it gets a little trickier for you if you're not using software to do this. The reason for that is, yes, your portfolio will be adjusted for inflation when you apply a withdrawal rate, but if you have a a pension with no cost of living adjustment, then not only does your portfolio need to adjust for inflation, but it also needs to make up a bigger and bigger part of your total overall income each month or each year because your pension's not increasing with inflation. So expenses are going up, pension is staying fixed, so a bigger and bigger portion of your portfolio has to be used each year above and beyond just a simple inflation adjustment. So make sure you're factoring that into your planning. Another variable that can impact this is your marital status. What this does is it impacts expenses even if there's a same expense goal. And I don't mean by this, hey, if you're married, then one spouse is going to go out and spend a whole bunch more money. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying here is let's use the example actually that we used before of you have a couple that wanted to spend $100,000 throughout retirement and you had a single individual who wanted to spend $100,000 throughout retirement. Well, the single individual in this instance would have a higher tax bracket and lower standard deduction. And by higher tax bracket, what I mean is the thresholds. So the amount of dollars that it takes to go from the 10% bracket to the 12% bracket to the 22% bracket, those are condensed for single filers. So even if you have a single individual and a married couple that both want to live on $100,000 per year, this single individual is going to be in a higher tax bracket because those tax thresholds are condensed. And not just that, a single individual is going to have half the standard deduction that a married couple will. So if you look at $100,000 of adjusted gross income for a couple that's married finally and jointly, as well as $100,000 for a single individual, assuming they both take the standard deduction, the single individual will be the towards the higher end of the 22% marginal federal tax bracket, 
and the married filing jointly couple, they'd be right in the middle of the 12% marginal federal tax bracket. So it's not even enough just to know your total expenses. This is going to change when you look at the tax situation, whether you're single or whether you're married filing jointly. So same expense goal, but higher actual expenses for a single person because of higher tax rates. So again, this is a very important detail, but it falls under the category of understanding your retirement expenses and know that those are going to be different based upon your filing status. Another detail that will impact those two variables that we talked about, those two things that you need to know, again, of your retirement expenses, number one, and then number two, how much of those expenses need to be covered by your portfolio. A detail to that is insurance needs. So what about health insurance? What about Medicare? What about long-term care needs? These are all going to impact your expenses, but it's likely not going to be a fixed level throughout retirement. Let's assume you retire at 62. Well, from 62 to 65, you might have more expensive insurance needs because you have to get your own insurance on the marketplace. Then at 65, you have Medicare. So let's assume that your expenses go down when it comes to covering insurance needs. Then in the latter years, let's assume that you have some type of a long-term care event. Well, your expenses are going to go up when you have to pay for that. So we used a simple example to start with of what if you want to live on 7,000 per month or 100,000 per year or whatever the actual number is. But we have to understand it's actually very unrealistic to assume that number will stay fixed. The reality is that number will ebb and flow over time based upon different expenses, one of which is insurance. And then finally, another impact to this is just lifestyle changes. So again, we started with the assumption, what is your retirement expense? And let's just assume that's fixed over retirement. That's not actually going to be reality. Retirement's not going to cost the same exact amount every single year. You've maybe read about or heard me talk about the three general phases of retirement, which are the go-go years, which are the first years when you have your health and your energy and your vitality and you want to go do a whole bunch and travel a whole bunch. Those are your go-go years. Then you have the slow-go years, the middle of retirement, where you're still healthy, but you're slowing down a little bit. You're not traveling quite as much. You're not out and about quite as much. And then you have the no-go years, which are the latter years of retirement, where health or energy levels, or just general life is preventing you from doing as much as you otherwise would have wanted to. But now you have medical expenses that are much higher. So how do you account not just for estimated expenses in retirement, but the general changing of those expenses over time? So having a way to estimate expenses is a great starting point, but we need to be careful that we don't assume that that's going to be our expenses always. Expenses could go up, expenses could go down, And having a general understanding of that is going to help you much better prepare for understanding what you need in your portfolio to retire. So understanding how much you need to retire, it's one of those big rocks. It's one of the biggest pieces of your financial puzzle, because once you understand this, you can start to work through how much do you need to invest for retirement? How much longer do you need to work? How much can you afford to spend on fun things today and in the future? Doing this right is going to bring so much clarity to your financial life. So if you're listening to this and realize, you know what, I'd really like to have an advisor help with us, well, then reach out to us here at Root Financial. This is exactly what we do. We talk about helping people get the most out of life with their money. So not just planning for retirement, not just showing people what to do with their investments, but how do you have that high-level strategy that incorporates future goals, that incorporates current needs and current desires, and helps you to get the most out of life with that money? That is what we help people do. So if this is what you're looking for and you'd like to reach out to us, then you can always visit our website at rootfinancialpartners.com. 
click on start here in the upper right hand corner and we'd love the opportunity to show you how we might be able to apply what we're talking about here to your specific situation. But for today, that's all I have for today's episode. Thanks as always for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're looking to work with a financial advisor that cares deeply about helping you get the most out of life with your money, head over to our website at rootfinancialpartners.com and click start here. One of our advisors would love the opportunity to speak with you. You can also find the show notes for today's episode on our website, along with other great content that will help you to create a wonderful retirement. And finally, if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer in a future episode, then from our website, click on the learn tab. Scroll down just a bit on that page and then click submit a question to submit a question that I will answer in a future episode. Again, that can all be found at rootfinancialpartners.com. Thanks as always for listening and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.